Hey, Pulp fans. Thanks for your support. Whether you're subscribing to the podcast through iTunes, visiting PulpMX.com, streaming the show via the Stitcher app on your smartphone, or buying from our show sponsor, BTOsports.com, without you, we could not do this. You can still type M-A-T-T-H-E-S upon checkout at BTOsports.com if your order is $100 or more for a discount. Lastly, for some insider info and maybe a laugh or two, follow Mathis's Twitter updates at twitter.com slash pulpmx. You will either learn something a lot of people don't know you left thinking uh. or make you say to yourself, dude, that's so funny. The bottom line is this podcast serves as archival documentation of this interview. Welcome to the BTOsports.com podcast show brought to you by RacerX, hosted by Steve Mathis. Welcome to the Racer X podcast show brought to you by BTO Sports. Uh, seems a little weird saying that, and uh, but you know I've, I've had this guest, Chad Reed. You were my first guest on the Racer X Canada ones. You were my first guest when I went to Racer X. You were my first podcast guest when I went to Transworld Motocross, and now I'm sounding my, a little bit like a whore. But now you're my first guest back at Racer X, and uh, we're both on new teams again. Wow, sounds. Uh... <laughs> That's very funny, actually. I think uh, you're working me. You're being. A, I think every team, every team I do, you're being on a new magazine company. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're we're trying to work. We're trying to race each other. Um, yeah. Uh, anyways, hey, what uh, what's going on with you, man? We're Anaheim's, uh, uh, you know, coming up quickly, and you just got back from Australia. So, how do you feel? How's the speed? How's everything going into Anaheim? I feel good. I mean, uh, everything's going well. Um, bike team, um, all going to uh, all going to plan. To be honest, I think uh, it's it's exciting to to be in a position to uh, be ready to go race and and, um, and and even be in a position where I could actually feel good about taking you know what I take seven seven to ten days off uh-huh. off the bike. Um, you know, right over over the Christmas break, I went down to Australia and you know hung out with the family, and it was nice. You know, just a, it's kind of like a kind of felt like the time before the storm kind of feeling. You know, like you're down there, and it seems like you're you kind of detached from a lot of the a lot of the bullshit that goes on right. um, in our industry. And it was just it was just nice just to hang out and you know visit family and having kids definitely is uh, you know different different feeling. You know, seeing. Uh, you know, my, my in-laws, um, 
you know, kids, and, and my uh, my brother has a, a one and a half year old as well. So um, it was just, yeah, just fun. I mean, Tate didn't really have any clue. He was he was more pumped on the paper and uh, <laughs> and, and and all the all the all the stuff that he wasn't really supposed to get into than he was in actual gifts. But um, just just nice to be home. I think it's been it's been about eight years since I was actually home for Christmas. So cool. Yeah, really. What did you like? What did you think about taking the time off? I mean, I, I imagine if you were, you know, uh, last year at, at at Monster Kawasaki again, I don't think you're taking that time off. But is it is it because it's your team? And what changed? Yeah, I think uh, I don't I don't really think it's because it's my team and I'm the boss and I kind of call the shots. You know, nobody's above me telling me what to do. Um, and and and, and to be quite honest, I've never really been on a team that I've been told what to do. Yeah. In in respect to kind of like training and riding and all that kind of stuff anyway. Um, you know, they've always, I've always been, you know, left to do do what I felt was best. You know, no, no one really influenced me over the years anyway. So right. I was more just uh, being prepared, you know. I mean, I've said it, uh, you know, a bunch of times. I really believe that the, the beginning and the end of my Cali career really was the fact that, that I was so beat when I got there, you know. I yeah. mean, it wasn't to be honest and to be fair with all involved. I mean, it was. Uh, I started a relationship that, you know, that that wasn't that no one. I wasn't. It was me at fault, really. You know, the fact that I had raced, you know, so so many years straight. You know, I mean, everyone thinks I, but you raced. You know, took a couple of years off the nationals and whatever. But in fact, you know, those years I actually worked harder and doing things that I didn't really enjoy doing. You know, doing a lot of business meetings and trying to set up, you know, Super X in Australia and all that kind of stuff. And um, I want to say it was like 08 or 09 that I sat in the press conference and said to Jason Wigan, I think it would be career suicide to to race year-round with doing, you know, Supercross Nationals and, and Australian Supercross. And that one uh, definitely came back and, and bit me on the butt and yeah. proved that I was 100% correct, um, you know, but I feel like I got the time needed off and, um, rested and you know started the new race team and we're up and running in nine weeks and and everything's going going scary to plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really going well and 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 it's fun and um and I'm I'm ready to go racing. You know, like I, I'm really to the point. I'm like let's you know like uh, I'm I'm at a point where I'm like let's let's get the ball rolling and see where we're at. Yeah, uh, definitely. There was a few people that. Uh, um... We're wondering if you bit off more you can chew more than you can chew with the nationals straight into uh, Australian Super X and then the uh, the Supercross races and I think that definitely did have something to uh, to do with your with your uh, with your season last year but let's get down to business okay you've won I don't even know thirty races thirty five Supercrosses how do you know thirty eight thirty eight okay you won thirty eight Supercrosses you've won on uh, just about every brand. Can you win right now? Are you going as fast as ever? Uh, are you right where you I need to win. be? I can win. Absolutely. I feel like I have a great shot at winning. Um, I feel like physically, mentally, and um, emotionally, I think, I just feel like I'm in a, in a good, happy place. And that's, right. that's a great, great combination, a combination that's always worked well for me. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to go racing and see, see where we're at and, and see what you got to work on. And, you know, yeah. there's always... Or surprises, um, you know, but I, I don't think there's going to be too many, you know, big big surprises. I think uh, 
pick the sports, you know, consistent. And I think it'll, you know, I don't think it's changed too much since I was competitively, you know, racing week in and week out on Supercross. And um, a lot of people think it has, but um, I don't truthfully believe that it's changed too much. Right. So we'll, we'll see. And um, and that's why I'm at a point, you know, like two weeks ago, I probably wasn't at a point where I was like, man, let's go racing. You know, I was still getting after it and still, um, you know, sorting little things out. But, but I'm, I'm to a point where I'm like, you know, I feel good, feel comfortable. And the next step is go racing, see where you're at, see where your weaknesses are and, and work on those. Um, that's, that's, that's where we're at with, uh, with everything. I think it's funny that, you know, you, 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 obviously it's my job to hype the season up and talk about the season and it feels like that's all I've been doing between the podcasts and the writing and the columns and everything else. And it's funny, but uh, you and James Stewart are considered the older guys now. You've got uh, a combined 70 race wins or something like that, 70 Supercross wins. Uh, you're going up against uh, two guys that have a combined, you know, 14, and yet – Maybe somewhat you guys are, are a question mark, you know? It's funny how that works, our sport. It's just chews them up and spits them out. Do you uh, do you feel like that? I feel like I've, I've definitely seen a, a side of the sport and, and seen, um, you know, just different sides of everything, I guess. You know, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, everyone always kind of comments on the word um, experience and, and you've been through it and you've been there, done it, and kind of things like that, and... Um, over the years, I felt like I was kind of the veteran, you know, in the right. fact that I was, you know, I kind of went straight to the big bike class. I had went to Europe. So I was kind of considered older than what I really was. Um, and then, you know, kind of being consistently on the podium week in and week out, you immediately become this guy that is looked at as, you know, someone that kind of just knows how to get it done. And I don't really feel like, it, you know, it's it's a skill that you learn. It's just something that you <laughs> right. you come across, you know, and um, I think that, I think James and I are in a good position, I think, uh, you know, I think James has, you know, he's a little younger than I am, um, he's speed, and and all that is still, you know, the unknown, you know, everyone knows how fast he can ride a motorcycle, how talented he is, um, so I think that everybody looks at him as still being um, the guy, I think a lot of um, I haven't seen it, but from the comments that I saw on the on the preview show, you know, a lot of people, um, no one picked him to win the championship um, and all that kind of stuff. So I think that, uh, I just think the both of us coming in, I think we both have a full head of steam. Um, I think we're committed and, and focused on on what's, you know, what's real, and I think that that, that could be uh, dangerous for some of our competitors. I don't, uh, yeah, the preview show thing, I mean, you got a guy who works for Suzuki, you got a guy who bleeds Honda through and through, you got a guy who is tight with the Cowie guys, you know, I'm just like, they're picking their guys, and I'm like, oh boy, wow, they really went out on the limb there, those those guys, you know, I mean, I like them, yeah. I, I got nothing against any of those any of those four dudes, but I'm just like. Yeah, neither do I, but I, yeah. I do. I'm like, does this even count? I, I does think this it's count? funny, and I guess that, uh, um, you know, to comment a little bit, I, I, I find it funny, you know, like I, I feel like I'm seeing things differently and, and like I have heard of, you know, like, oh, you see things different, oh, you know, like the experience and all that kind of stuff. Um, I can truthfully say that I haven't really felt it to the to this extent. You know, I just feel, 
feel like I have a aware awareness that I've never really had before, and and a, a calmness about me that's just it's fun. You know, right. like I'm really excited about it. I've heard Kevin comment about it. I've heard Ricky comment about it in his kind of last two years. Um, but I really, as much as you hear it and you you know kind of comment on it, um, I, I didn't really know what the feeling was until. Uh, Newcastle Supercross when I was so unprepared. I was overweight, fat. I was on a bike that I had borrowed from Honda. Um, basically showed up with, you know, pipe silencer and some suspension handlebars, um, you know, and, and went, and, went and got the job done, you know, and, and won pretty easily. Felt like I rode, you know, some of the best pace that I rode at. And, and I, going into that race, I was like, you know what, it's the first race of the year, everyone's freaking out, everyone's overtrained, everyone's undertrained. It's like no one's really feeling that great at the first one. Yeah. Um it was just it was just weird, you know, it's just different to come in with a, an outlook like that and I was I was pretty excited to have that you know, that just that weird feeling that I knew and, and I could predict um what was what was gonna go on with, with most individuals. Right. Now you've talked fondly about the Suzuki days, and you're you've talked a few times to me, on and off the record, about how happy you are and how everything right now is going your way, and how big of a part that plays. So I'm curious, when you were at Cowie before the season, now you said you know you were you know a little maybe burnt out and stuff, but mentally, what was the feeling at Cowie? Was it like wait a minute, I don't know if I gel with this bike, or was it like whoo oh man, I just I just I need a break. What kind of feeling did you have last year that was different from this year and the Suzuki days? I mean, <laughs> to to be honest, I mean, it was just from the first day, I mean, <laughs> things that you don't really hear about. But, I mean, from the very first day that I test rode it, I think the, very, I think the first time I rode it was um, like a Wednesday or a Thursday before uh, Steel City. Um, so it was kind of... You know, I mean, I was, I was, I was clear. You know, like I hadn't rode Supercross in a while. Um, I rode the bike; it was, it was pretty good at first. You know, I liked it. Yeah. Um, we switched from, you know, one one frame to another, and um, chain come off uh, on a step on step off, um, like a table to table. Uh, chain come off the first day I rode, and, and this was before I'd even signed a contract. Um, I, you know, everything was kind of agreed on and everything was going in that direction, but I still hadn't signed. Right. Um, and then all of a sudden, it just seemed like that really took the wind out of my sails, you know, just kind of... It had been since Yamaha that kind of shit like that happened. Um, so I was yeah. pretty nervous, and then that was why I was really adamant about um, trying to get Goose as my mechanic because I just I had so much trust in him. Um, I knew that he could influence the team in a positive way um, and bring a lot to the table. Um, clearly, they thought different. You know, they the way, the way they run and operate their race team is is very different than than what I was. You know, that I had come accustomed to it at Suzuki. Um, so that was definitely different. You know, like and the bike wasn't bad. The, the team wasn't bad. You know, all the people. It was just just they just did things different. You know, I felt that I was right. at one end of the scale and they were kind of at the other i wouldn't say that they were above me or below me or, or anything like that it was never nothing like that it was just they were just different you know they were good dudes i like them um but just did things differently than than i felt was right. the correct way you know not that i 
know exactly how it should be, but I felt that <laughs> with my years and my experience, I felt that it was uh, wasn't the you know the, the really the direction that I felt like I was right. I wanted to go I, or needed to be in. So you know, a lot of work, and then the fact that you know, I, I mean, <laughs> how do you how do you be prepared and how do you be pumped on something when you when you literally spend two days of testing and then you jump on a plane and then you're in Australia for three months and then you get back and then, you know, you're on all 2009 spec stuff and then, you know, you show up, you know, you you had a base with Bridgestone tires and um, you come back and then all of a sudden your whole world kind of changes. You know, we had to switch to Dunlops. Um, we had to change suspension, you know, massively a different for to accommodate the Dunlops. Um, then we had to go from you know 2009 frame to 2010. It was quite different. Right. Um, I didn't I didn't like it. Didn't you know? Didn't want to race with that. I was promised that I could, and then next minute I couldn't. And then kind of had to jump up and down a little bit. So then you know got my way. They let me race with the nine. Um, so just just a lot of things like that. You know, just it was. It was I, I truly don't believe it was anybody's fault other than mine. Yeah. Um, it was just. I, I spreaded myself too thin and uh, paid the ultimate price of um, having a horrible year, being unprepared, and, and not being able to give my best, um, you know, at, yeah. at, the, at the time. Uh, if you see the Cowie guys, did you end it a good note? I mean, you kind of both were like, hey, you know, I, I got to get out of this deal. Um, if you see them, is it going to be good? I mean, are you good with all those guys, you think? I'm fine. I mean, yeah. I'm sure that there's – there's emotions attached to it. I mean, right. you know, I'll be 100%, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it was 100% me, you know. Like, I wanted out because right. of my own belief in, you know, maybe I cared too much, you know. Like, mm-hmm. the fact is, is, like, I felt like I was bad for them and their brand, you know. Like, <laughs> I wasn't happy. I right. wasn't comfortable. Um, I needed time away. And they were questioning things that I felt they shouldn't have been questioning, and they should have been proactive on a little, you know, things a little differently. Um, so I just felt it was in everybody's best interest to to move forward and 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 be just done, you know, like you go your way, I go my way, um, kind of thing, you know. And I never felt a part of the team, you know. Like I don't really feel like um, I, I learned a lot in the fact that they had their guy. Um, it wasn't. It was it was monster motivated. It wasn't Cowie motivated, you know. And I think that uh, that played a huge role. You know, I felt that I was the monster guy on the team. I wasn't the the guy that they really chose that they wanted on the team. Um, so that was, you know, my my own feeling. You know, whether it's right, wrong, or, right. or indifferent, I think that that was that's my feeling on it. Is the fact that I was, you know, my salary was paid 100% by Monster. Um, you know, so I was the monster guy on the team. You know, got put there, and and uh, and things just didn't work out for for my own you know choices of spreading myself too thin. I think. Yeah, people. Don't but really- I, I yeah. think it'll be, you know, like I'm totally cool with it. I okay. don't care. You know, I'll talk to those guys. I'm not um, everything that I've said, you know, to the media or, or to whatever. You know, yeah. it's like I'll I'll tell it to their face. You know, and that's probably something that they can't really handle. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's the truth. And at the end of the day, truth is, is all that you can, uh, you know, all that helps you make sleep at night. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people in the industry in a lot of different ways that can't really handle things 
But uh, all right, let's move on to this year. Dave Osterman is your is your manager. Um, wide open, Dave Osterman. That's what I think of. Um, wide open, yeah. I think you couldn't couldn't have said it any better. Just uh, how's he been? How's it working out? It's been great, you know. Like he's just been a he's been a guy that you know I didn't really know a whole lot about. Um, I think he was, you know, obviously he'd been screwed on some jobs, you know, and uh, put in, in a position where, you know, Harley and, and Buell pulled out of their motocross program. So he'd been pretty much at home on the couch for a few years, not, you know, not not having a lot going on. Um, I needed someone that could jump right in and and, and get it done, you know, and, and everything that I knew about Dave and, and every. Uh, information that I had relayed to me was that he was a, you know, hard worker. He was, um, you know, no, no bullshit kind of guy. You know, like he could, uh, you know, I could be straight with him. He would be straight with me. Um, and then a guy that I felt just had a lot of, you know, the qualities that I wanted. And um, I talked to him. He came down and met me in Newport Beach. Um, I told him that I'd work on on budgets because I felt that that was cool. That's what I'd been told for the last three years, so I felt that I would throw it out there. <laughs> budgets, <laughs> yeah. budgets. And, uh, and, you know, and I told him what I could do, and, and he, I think he called me back like 10 minutes later and he said, let's do this. And, and pretty much within 30 minutes, he was, you know, driving a PC and, and getting shit done, and that was, you know, that was even before we had a contract growing up or, right. or, any, or any money had exchanged or anything. You know, you're just... It was just willing to jump right in and, and get shit done for me, and that was that was the dude that I needed. And I'm I'm so happy, and and I'll I will probably say that I'm surprised that I've met a guy that that of all people I have to actually tell him, hey Dave, you need to kind of say it like this, not like that. That's a little too harsh. Maybe he'd back off on that a little bit. Yeah, and really, I think yeah. that I'm sometimes brutally honest, um, and I get in trouble for it. But uh, he's uh, he's outdone me for sure. You know, I've kind of had to had to turn to back down on a few things and um but it's good, you know, I, I love the way he operates and love the way he works and um I'm happy. When we were at Yamaha, he was at Yamaha Troy and at Hangtown, remember when we went to those Hangtown outdoor tests that were just useless? Yeah, the test like the week before or two weeks before whatever it was. Yeah, and it was just useless because the track was baked and stuff, but uh Yeah. He was like screaming at Jimmy. <laughs> I was like, Oh my god, like <laughs> He was freaking out over something. Who knows? But I was like, this guy's gnarly. <laughs> yeah. Anyone that can do it. Yeah, Jimmy, that's pretty cool. Pretty pumped up. Yeah, yeah, you like that, right? We kind of know that, especially back in those. Yeah, exactly. You're like, did you ever go off on Jim Perry? You're hired. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew I knew I loved talking about him. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Uh um hey and then also too, Lars Lindstrom, your mechanic. Uh I've known Lars for a long time. He's a he's an awesome dude. I I don't know how he is as a mechanic. I'm sure he's awesome. I'm sure he's good. But as as a guy, uh, he's a, he's a really cool dude. And never mind, he's not bad on a bike himself. So how's that working out? It's working out really cool. I think uh, I was nervous, you know. Like to be honest, like when when I found out that I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get goose. Um, Did you really try to get him again? I was. Yeah, I tried to get him again. <laughs> um, but. Uh, this was long before I started my race team. Um, I offered Goose a job <laughs> long before I knew what I was going to do. I just wanted I wanted him so bad that I was prepared to yeah. pay him. I was prepared to pay him, you know, 
yeah, just to just sit hang home. Out. You know, I just... told him, I'm like, look, I don't have a job, <laughs> but I promise I'll take care of you. Uh, worst case scenario, I'll be paying you, and we'll be going fishing on the weekends. But uh, <laughs> um, that was just how much I wanted him, how much I enjoyed right. working with him, and he just he just meant a lot to me. You know, him and his family, I just I just love those dudes. So um, we're still, you know, still super close, but uh, time to kick his ass this year. Yeah, really, huh? <laughs> but uh, um, so you know, like that was I was I I honestly like. That was probably the closest that I came to being like calling it a day and just being like, dude, I'm not, I'm not into it. You know, like no other mechanic that I could think of interested me to the point where I was like excited to go racing. Did you um, not have my number? Did you lose my number? That? Did you lose my number? What are you talking about? No yeah, I got a new phone and you were gone. You know, just, you know, just gone, just like that. How far down was I on the mechanic <laughs> list? Do you think? I know, I know. I, I just. I just like Goose, man. He was, he was a good dude. So, uh, yeah, that was probably the closest that I come to being like, dude, you know what? I'm over it. I don't want to race anymore. Right. Um, and then, you know, I talked to talked to him a little bit, and, and I kind of, like, was like, help me out here. Throw me a bone. You know, who who can I work with? And, and even he didn't know at the time, you know. Like, he couldn't even really help me. Um, so then I just, you know, I went to Oz, and I think when I, when, when I go to Oz, I feel like my brain works differently. You know, I feel like I see things different, like you know, that. like you're down there, you're not caught up in the craziness, you can right. kind of evaluate things a little differently, you know, you get a little more spare time and not as many people pulling you a thousand different directions. Um, so, like, I was just thinking, 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 and then right before I went to Oz, I actually got to spend the day uh, with Lars. Um, I did one test um, with Bones out at the Honda track, and um, I borrowed a Honda, from, um, you know, from the Honda guys, and, and uh you know, Lars was the one that drove the test truck out that day, um, and just liked him. You know, I kind of observed him. He was he was very willing to to help um, myself and and my practice bike mechanic Mike that day. Um, you know, just just really good dude. You know, I'd been around him a little bit because every time all the international races and everything like that, he was always working for Jeremy. Right. Um, but so I knew him probably better from that than what I did from his. Uh, playing 07 year that he raced for uh, worked for Kevin, um, so yeah, just that, and I was kind of thinking, 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 and then then I got nervous because then I was trying to get my deal done with Honda, and you know I talked to him, and I felt like I was in the middle of like, do I take one of Honda's guys, you know, when I'm trying to get a deal at Honda, yeah. um, so then it was kind of weird, you know, like I kind of talked to him a little bit and seeing if he was interested, and then he told me he was interested, I'm like, oh, great, now what do I do, and then, uh, you know, I just thought, okay, well, then I'll pull the trigger on this, I got to, you know, you got to do what's right for you and what's best for you, and, and I felt that, I felt that he had a great position at Honda, and I wasn't sure if he wanted to step into it a new team that has, you know, a lot of uncertainty. Right. But, uh, yeah, it seems like it's all worked out. Um, I told him, I said, okay, let my, you know, let me get my Honda thing signed off on and then we'll move forward and, and discuss more. And, um, you know, as, as it's turned out, it's been, it's been awesome. I couldn't have, I think everything happens for a reason and I'm really proud and really happy to be working with him. I think he has a lot of knowledge of, uh, you know, Honda motorcycles, obviously. Um, I think he has a great relationship with the factory guys, um, which I think helps a lot because, you know, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, I don't have a relationship with them. It's not that I don't have a great one or whatever, but I just, I've never worked with those guys where he has for the past, 
you know, 10 years. So I think that that helps, um, you know, that they trust him. And, you know, I think through and through he's a Honda guy. Um, you know, his dad was there for a long, long time. So I think there's a lot of, you know, history there. He would never do wrong by the brand. Um, so I just think that it's a good fit, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, I feel like Honda Motorcycles is the best bike for me. And that's, you know, the company that he he must believe in as well. So it's a good combo. Yeah, uh, Kehoe's like, why do we send him out that day? God damn it. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> we should have sent Gothic J. We should have sent Gothic. Since that day, you know, like everything's just been full steam ahead. I've moved right. up to Santa Barbara, um, and I actually haven't spoke to Eric since then. So, um, <laughs> so but, I mean, you, you, I think Eric and uh, – and, and Lars was super tight, and and I wanted it. I wanted it to be cool, you know. Like I didn't want it to be, you know, like a, that I stole him or, or anything like that. I just wanted to, you know, offer, offer you know, offer him a good opportunity and something mm-hmm. a little different than he, you know, being currently doing. And him and Eric talked about it, and I think Eric was real supportive of it. So, right. um, at the end of the day, I think it's a good choice and, and a good good thing for all of us. Hey, everybody, this is Steve Mathis. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for reading everything I do as well as listening to the other shows. I know it's a lot of crap. One of the reasons I'm able to put out a lot of crap is because people are paying me. And then one of the things that you guys need to do to help support my crap is by buying crap from these sponsors. So listen to the commercial. It's a lot of crap. See ya. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at BTOsports.com. Racing since 1970, O'Neill is the original American MX company supplying fine apparel, protection, and accessories for over four decades. O'Neill is proud to support top racers worldwide, including the Moto Concepts Yamaha Racing Team in the U.S. Supercross and Outdoor National Series. In 2010, O'Neill worked with top racing professionals, including Grant Langston, Tim Ferry, and Ricky Dietrich, in developing its all-new 2011 line. O'Neill's hardware line is the toughest money can buy and has been critically acclaimed for durability, fit, form, and function by Motocross Action Magazine. Hardware pants and jerseys are designed to function while putting you ahead of the pack in fast-forward fashion. When it's time to gear up, check out O'Neill.com or an authorized O'Neill dealer near you. Maybe like with the different swirl of the toilet water in Australia, your mind gets clear and you can think better. You know what I mean? I don't the know. fact that the shit goes backwards down the hall. Yeah, and you're like, ah, oh, I, feel, you're like, I feel better. I feel better. <laughs> I can make better decisions. But after you crossed out Goose, and if Lars couldn't do the job as your mechanic, like where was I on that list? How far down? Well, I think maybe you and the next guy. The I next really guy? Think oh, that, you damn know, it. Would you, would you listen to me? Would you would you put a spark plug in your pocket when I tell you to? And <laughs> yes. Would you would you do the things that I yes. influence you on in a, in a positive way? You have proven to me that you do know what you're talking about. <laughs> I would put that spark plug back in. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, I was out at the Honda track uh, with the Tim Ferry and Trey Kennard maybe two weeks ago, and uh, I asked Trey, I said, well, how much has Reed been here? He's like, he's only been here a little bit. He's been, like you said, up in Santa Barbara. Is this – a psych-out move, 
to go up to Castillo Ranch and ride and let no one kind of see what you're doing. I heard you had the fastest time at the Honda track, and then you loaded up and went went away. Um, so is it what's the motivation behind going being up there and being kind of away from everybody? Is it is it partly a psych move and, and just you don't want to show your cards? No, it's actually got nothing to do with that. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, the the truth is, is uh, I was, you know, I didn't have a track to ride at, and Honda was, you know, very generous to let me ride there and, and get up to speed, and um, I was, you know, doing some, you know, riding testing with the PC guys and, um, you know, getting up to speed with that. Um, and it actually did work out where my last day there um, was a great day. You know, we... Uh, I think it was a combo of things, you know. Like I actually did some testing with Showa that day. Um, Scott came out, um, and then also we tested uh, the new the new style Dunlop that had come a long, long way. Um, so it was just an overall good day. I had a had a great feeling with the bike. Uh, my lap times were were really good and really solid. Um, I improved, you know, on my personal best quite a bit by by about a second. Um, so I think. Uh, it was it was just a, a good day, and then it and as it turned out, you know, like I, I got a new trainer, um, and he's and he's out of uh, out of Santa Barbara, um, and then I just I really wanted to spend some time, you know, like I've never I've never committed to something like this before, where I've you know had to you know be away from the family, you know, like the fact is is you know like I'm so committed to the training and the, the racing side of it that I. You know, I just pulled the trigger. I went to Castillo and I talked to him about, you know, trying to uh, allow me to build a track at his at his place. You know, he already had a supercross track, but I wanted um, to have Barnett come in and 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 have his guy, uh, him and his guy, you know, take care of it and build it so that it would, everything would be consistent with what I was used to. Um, and then uh, and then just be able to get after it, you know. And Ellie was in Florida, Australia, and she'd spend a little bit of time here. So it's been difficult, but it's been good like i i feel like i've had a um a commitment side of me that's that's kind of been lacking over the years maybe right um and i felt that it's all come at a good time so really not i, I didn't step away from the hunter track because i was trying to you know hide something or anything like right. that i just i had bigger and better plans really yeah, <laughs> the like, plan was to to get into shape and uh you know having speed's one thing but you got to go and get into shape and um yeah i'm enjoying being in santa barbara i mean it's beautiful place on the ocean and um definitely it feels you know feels like completely different to really being in california you know like i'm i'm here but i'm not kind of thing so i'm just renting a house in montecito and 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 enjoying it you know it's a beautiful place up here and and i'm I'm enjoying my time and looking forward to going back to florida when i can but but right now we're just committed to this You'll be up there for you know the month of January at least too. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, the month of January I'll I'll spend up here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll see what the weather does. If this weather continues to be kind of unpredictable, then obviously we'll have to uh, you know jump on a jump on a plane and head head east. But uh, right. uh, other than that, I think yeah, we'll stay committed to this and the program and and uh, you know moving forward with this. Yeah, I was thinking it was kind of like your plan was like Rocky and Rocky Four, where he like he was fighting the Russian and he just he went to Russia in a cabin, you know, in a wood cabin in the middle of the mountains, and that's what you were doing, you know. It it it, it does seem like that a little bit, you know. Right, like the, that's what I mean. Yeah, the house, like, the, the house that I'm renting, you know, it's very different than the normal house that I would want to be in. <laughs> it's uh, you know, I definitely feel like I'm. 
Oh, so um, you really have gone back to your roots. For sure. yeah. I, I feel like uh, Ellie and I kind of like, man, I feel like we're back in Europe. You know, like right. it's just a, a really small place. Um, you know, it's not very kid-friendly, but we're making it, you know, we're making it happen. And, you know, great location, but uh, we definitely like to have my my kitchen and sink from home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you run to the top of that hill right by the supercross track at Castillo's Ranch and you just yell out, Dungey! Like, just... <laughs> I think... Um, or I was thinking that you know you're you're so rich that perhaps maybe you bought Neverland because it's got to be for you know, sale. No, I, I drive uh, I drive by it every day. Do so, you? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thinking bankruptcy, bankruptcy or something. In there. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, Reed bought Neverland. <laughs> He's gonna have a giraffes and Ferris wheels. Yeah, <laughs> I just want a tiger like out of the, what is it out of um, uh, Hangover. <laughs> uh, yeah, <the> Hangover. <laughs> Not a kangaroo or whatever. Um, hey, uh, outdoors. I haven't heard. For sure, the words "I'm going outdoor racing" out of your mouth. Are you 100% committed to doing it? I know, um, you know, you got to get some sponsors and round it up and all that. But what's the plan for outdoors? Yeah, I mean, I'm going outdoor racing. Oh, okay, all right. Um, I I just want to go racing outdoors. You know, like I I feel like I've like just have this different opinion of the sport, different feeling from the sport. You know, and right. I feel like um, the last the last two years, especially 2009, like I just had a connection with the fans and the, the core of moto than, than what I really had ever had before. Um, and it's just it's fun. You know, I don't want to step away from that. I just, I love moto and, and obviously, you know, motocross is the grassroots of it. And um, it's never really the fact that I can't ride it. You know, for sure it's different and something that I have to work harder at than when I do supercross. But, uh, yeah, I'm committed to it. I'm I'm excited for outdoors. Um, I think the I think the Honda will be will be a good outdoor bike as well. Um, and we'll just yeah, kind of seems like it's so far away, but you know, definitely it's already in the plan. I've already you know I've already ordered mm-hmm. you know bits and pieces for outdoors. You know, I've already got larger, bigger tanks and and all that good stuff. You right. know, the carbon stuff and whatever. And you know, so I mean, we're we're planning on going outdoor racing. You know, okay. these guys are everyone's committed for that. Um, hey, I'm interested in getting your take on uh, on the season. It really looks like Porcel's not lining up. Um, what's your thoughts on that? I, obviously, I got some emails and tweets that said, you know, you should hire Porcel, and we talked about it in, in a previous interview. But, uh, I mean, is this just a gross miscalculation by Christophe on racing, or, you know, what's your take on it? I think that uh... – I mean, I don't want to comment on, on you know, on his behalf because it's like, like I said, I believe it was to you in an interview. You know, I think that no one, you know, not one of us has lived in Christoph's shoes. You know, like the fact that he has been hurt and he has been paralyzed and he does currently live, you know, day in and day out with some disabilities. Um, so, you know, we don't, we can't really comment Daily on his behalf, but for, for me, just from the outside looking in, I think uh, you know, like I was, I was willing to, you know, go to a certain number. You know, like I had this number in my head from from all my experience, from my belief, um, from for what it takes to go racing and what it costs to go racing. Um, I had a number that that I needed to to get to go racing with a team or with a factory. Um, you know, obviously I didn't, you know, I didn't get that. 
Um, and I fold my own team. And and I think for me, I'm in a completely different position than what he is. You know, he's young. He's, you know, never at the big bike class. Um, so financially, he's not, you know, I wouldn't say he's as stable. You know, like he hasn't mm-hmm. been around long enough. Um, so I think his decisions would be different than mine. Um, but then with his injury and everything like that, I think it's, it's hard to comment on, on what he should and shouldn't do because, you know, I think everybody has to make the decisions that's best for him and best for you know, whatever. Um, right. I don't know officially. I mean, I, I've I've heard some numbers that he was offered and, and the numbers that he turned down. Um, if true, you know, those numbers were great numbers. And I think for him and for who he is and for what he achieved over the last two years, I think that those numbers were pretty accurate with what what really went on. You know, if, if people knew what Dungey gets paid and all that compared to what James and I, had been paid over the years. Yeah, what you guys made think, in your hand. Uh, yeah. I think I think Ryan would be pretty butthurt on yeah. uh, on that, and, and even you know even the Lakota salary compared to Dungey's. I think that uh, you know Dungey's probably one of the, the least amount of, you know least paid guys out there. Yeah. Um, but obviously made up with it, you know with bonuses and, and whatever this year. Um, at a certain point, you know you you run into an, an issue that me and James run into now, where you can't bank on on bonuses because, you know, none of the teams can afford to pay the bonus program. You know, I commented on you with, um, you know, just just for somebody to assure my bonus program that I would want, it's it's a $410,000 upfront fee. Premium, yeah. Um, you know, that's that's a huge expense. You know, that's, bef- that's before any salary, that's before, you know, any motorcycle part. Right. That's, that's, that's a big thing, you know, and I, and I really feel that, over the last couple of years, I've just I understand the sport a lot. Um, I understand it probably better than I ever have, and I just think that some of this is is really going to help me in in running the race team. You know, I think mm-hmm. um, you know, growing up, I was always a huge fan of Jeremy, and um, for some reason, you know, as big as a fan of him and Jeremy, you know, I think that some of the things that he says are, are way off line and way off kind of base. You know, I kind of I love him for who he was, but sometimes it's better not to. Not meeting here is sometimes, but uh, <laughs> um, I think it's it's just interesting some of the stuff that he says and how you know I'm I'm kind of a little bit bummed on right now, but anyway, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I just I find it motivating, you know, some of the things that he says about me, um, you know, some of the issues that I'm going to have, and, and you know, I'm aware that I'm going to fail in some things and I'm going to make mm-hmm. mistakes, but that's, that's how you learn, that's how you get better, you know, you don't get better or you don't become, you know, you, you got to work. <laughs> I think your legacy comes from, you know, making mistakes and, and doing things differently and going out on a limb and, and having fun doing it, you know? Um, yeah, uh, talking about financial a little bit, um, that brought up a story. You know, you were, it was a Forbes Australian magazine listed you as the sixth or seventh highest paid guy. How accurate is that? Just to give an I saw, uh, us fans an idea i mean is that anywhere near the ballpark or are they just fishing or what what's going like how, yeah i mean uh, you gotta think that uh you know that's all like that's just, all estimated on, on your worth and, uh, yeah. and on your your estimated income on you know on sponsors you know uh investments and all that kind of stuff so um we're saying that and then yeah that's a, it's a very accurate number yeah. um you know some years of on the on the on the on you know some years it's below what they say, and some years it's above. But uh, overall, it's it's pretty close. Uh, okay, um, yeah, I, 
I'm just curious yeah. as a fan. Like, I wonder how they know that. Like, how do they know that? They don't know your deals. I mean, they, you know, they get all the they get all the info. I mean, they they? They, uh, they investigate. You know, it's it's a it's a legit deal. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I was like, they, uh, yeah. you know, all the information. A lot of the information comes from. Um, you know, they're, they're in the investigation and things, and then, um, you know, we provide them with, um, you know, some, you know, some forms of, um, you, you know, what they want to, they have like a, a list of things that they want to know, and you, you send it back to them. And my, uh, my PR company in Australia does, does all that stuff. So, oh, okay. yeah, it's, it's, right. it's legit. Interesting. Yeah, I had no idea. I, I was always like, who are these dudes just sitting in a room and going, Chad Reed's worth this much, you know. Yeah, no, they, yeah, they yeah. reach out to okay. all the, all all the right. people and all the athletes. You know, I think the funny thing is, is, is Billy. Um, I love Billy. I think he's, uh, yeah, I think he's a good, interesting <laughs> character. But he's always the first to, you know, to to kind of comment on those things. He is. I know. Um, yeah. But I, I think he uh, he needs to understand that that. <laughs> that our salaries and, and whatever it is has been been a little different and a little better than he is, maybe. <laughs> um, and and then with with that becomes, um, you know, some of us are smart, some of us invest in good things, and yeah. um, I've been very fortunate to to invest in a company that uh, that's doing you know very very well and um, you know continuing to grow. So right. that's really wow. really where where. He told me, he told me, and, and here I'm going to spill his beans, so just take this, Billy. But he told me one time his best year ever, ever, so probably when he was, you know, uh, whooping ass on against MC and all that, he made 1.6, which I believe is not even your gear deal back in the day. Correct? Uh, yeah, my gear deal, yes, but uh, I mean. I mean, just to give it, because he it was, was saying that there's no way you made that. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know. And um, uh, I'm like, well, you know, you didn't even make one year everything in. You didn't even make what Reed made in a gear deal. So clearly, yeah. Reed's going to make a lot of more money. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, you know, <laughs> since my first ever contract, I haven't signed anything under to know about it. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that's just my, you know, motorcycle deal. So. Right, right. Tell me, tell me, I was ahead of Dave Die on the mechanics list, or was I below him? I think you're a little below Dave, man. Oh. Dave's been reaching out, and he wants to go racing again. So really, yeah, you got to got to consider these things. Oh, Jesus, Dave! We Dye. won a world championship, Matthew. You did, you did. I know, but your seat came off. But my seat come off, but we did win a world championship. Good point. No, you're right. The you're seat right. probably come off because I cartwheeled the bike twice in one race. And uh, yeah, I don't know. probably could have won a championship if I didn't do that. But hey, you yeah, make yeah. mistakes. Yeah, good point. <laughs> I, hey, um, uh, I'll let you go here in a couple questions for you. Uh, myself, Jason Wygant, uh, Steve Cox. We've all kind of talked about it. You're very media friendly. Uh, you return, and I, I can't imagine I'm the only jerky that's asking you questions. You know, here and there, you probably got all these dudes coming at you. You seem to be willing to do interviews and embrace it and provide interviews. I've been trying to get a hold of Dungey. I've been trying to get a hold of James. It's been crickets on their end. Um, have you, do you, do you, uh, is this a, a, um, a change of my, or a focus of yours to do these type of things? Like you're like, Hey, I have to do these. I want to do them. Or what's, what's, uh, you know, why can I, why can I get it? Why can all of us get an answer from you and not from these other guys? 
I just, I'm just i pretty impressed the fact that you threw those guys out there like that. I was busting your balls when I was in Vegas about this. That was, that was, that was big of you to step up and do that, Mathis. No, I mean, I mean, I, I yeah, I, hey, whatever. Like, I'd love to interview James no, Stewart. I mean, I I'd don't like understand yeah. it. Like, right. I mean, we've all talked about it. It's weird how some people react and, you know, like. But in your think, in your like, mind, you're like, hey, I'm going to do. And yeah. being happy with who you are and the place that you're at in, in life, I think plays a big part of it. You know, I think uh, a lot of my years where I, where I wasn't, you know, so easy to get along with, or I wasn't looked at as being a guy that was, you know, yeah. willing to do any of that. Um, I think for years that I was, you know, I, I wasn't comfortable. I was mad at the world. Um, you know, just all those little things. And right. I think that that really all just adds up. You know, a lot of pressure on people. You, you're getting pulled a thousand different directions. Um, and then you feel. I feel like I've just come to a point where it's like, it's fun. You know, like I'm I am aware of what what it takes to win, and and along the way, you know, <laughs> you're going to be doing these kind of interviews, you know, long before and and long after um, the fact of doing you know Sports Illustrated and and, and the fine few between of those things, right. um, and it seems like that's what those guys are claiming to be to be holding out for. Right. Um, you know, I just saw something on Twitter this morning that uh, Ryan was in Sports Illustrated. Um, but, you know, I think it's, you know, we all want to definitely go that direction. But, I mean, I've heard it for the past 10 years about all this, you know, <laughs> we're breaking out through. of the industry, yeah, we're breaking you through. know, all this, all right. <laughs> a lot of the stuff that they're all concentrating on. And I just don't, I don't believe that our sport is in, you know, in that space and in, in that time. And, and nor is it ready. Um, there's things about the sport that I just feel um, it's just it's never going to grow at the at its current form of right. where, you know how it, how it's ran. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, I don't know. Like I said, I can't be the only guy that you're uh, that you're talking to, and uh, I'm sure all everybody gets quotes from you, and everybody talks about. Yeah, man, Reed's pretty good. I get I asked him a question, he got right back to me. And, you know, it's just a conscious decision on your part to, to you know, inform the media and, and thereby inform your fans and, and you know, everybody about what's going on. And I think it's good. I, I don't know why these other guys don't do yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's got to be done. I think that uh, it's just, I don't know, I, I feel like these people are, you know, people that listen to this are obviously people that are that you influence on, you know, and, and that you set examples for and, you know, their kids look up to you or whatever it is. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, you you know, I think you're you're human before you're an athlete, and uh, I just feel like there's a real me, <laughs> and I'm not just a robot. You know, like I I, I am a human. I, mm-hmm. I have a wife. I have a kid. I live. You know, some days are good, some days are bad. Uh, I make just decisions that are good and bad, and <laughs> you know, you make mistakes like the rest of the world. So mm-hmm. um, I don't feel like I'm above it, and that's that's why. I, I find it fun, you know. I, I love Ben Tracing as much as, you know, the the craziest fan out there. Um, you know, I think a lot of my, you know, Twitter thing is based off of that. You know, I love it. I love replying to some of the fans. Right. Um, of course, you can't get back to all of them, and some of them get pissed that you don't get back to them. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I bet. at the end of the day, I think you're, you know, like when I have time, I sit there, and it's always like in bursts. You know, it's like not like I'm on it 24-7. It's like, 
you know, if you if you got 10, 20 minutes sitting on the couch or whatever it is, it's like, you know, you, you get in and you get after it and you do 10 tweaks all within two minutes of each other and then right. you're off it for the next six hours or whatever and you get back on it another time. So, um, I don't know, it's just, it's fun. You know, I love the sport and, and believe me, when, uh, when it comes to having to, you know, write checks to go racing, uh, you really find out whether you love it or you don't. Yeah. Um, so, but I think it's a, a great decision for me to have my own race team and, and to put myself in a position um, in this in this sport that I love. Yeah, Scott from Belray was telling me oh, what a dream you've been, you know what I mean? And I guess the, the, probably the check they're right and really helps you out, but he's like, man, that guy's just been great. He's been awesome. Anything we need, whatever, you know what I mean? And I'm just not so sure everybody doesn't get that and you have a you out of everybody have a unique view on hey i gotta do this i gotta handle this this is part of the job so it's good for you yeah and i, and I, I feel like my my business side of me has come a long way and, and i really feel that that is really what's changed me as a person is the fact that i understand the way the world operates a little different you know like at a point you just feel like the world revolves around you and that you should just make this much money and this dude should pay me this much money and I shouldn't have to do this and I shouldn't have to right. do that. And that's how I kind of look at some of my competitors, the way they think and the way they do things. Um, you know, sure, there's race days and, and there's days that you're going to be like, dude, I just don't want to do that right now. But at the end of the day, you got to you gotta try and get it done and you got to have an open mind to it. And I think, you know, doing Supercross in Australia, you know, like I was so critical of our sport and the way it was ran and, why they did things, you know, and, like, track-related things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really feel like it's it's helped me in a position where I feel that they respect me a little more and they and they have to take my my opinion more, um, I think, more, uh, more seriously because I, I do understand, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. just a rider. I am a guy that ran my own series um, and, and had a, an inside look of how it runs and, and why – they run things different ways, and um, so you know, I, I feel like I've learned, you know, to, to word things differently. And um, the fact, you know, just like last year's when I called out, you know, um, the FIM guy, what's his name? Sean um, Gallagher. Gallagher. Yeah. You know, I called out Gallagher on something. You know, he straight up told me that he couldn't do something; it wasn't his decision. Um, and then, you know, an hour later, he went to ride a meeting and tried to call me out and said that. You know, when I just sat with him an hour or two, you know, before that, and <laughs> with him and other people in a, in a meeting, and and I knew that his hands were tied, and I was aware of that, and I was okay with that, but mm-hmm. he felt the need to to spout off about, uh, you know, his he's his the own, man. Uh, Come see him for decisions yeah. and all that, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah. So you know. It helped. It helped. It got, you know. It works with you. It works against you. The fact that you know how the work, how the sport runs. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, people kind of hate that you know too much, and then people <laughs> like that you know too much. You're gonna end up like Jimmy Hoffa. Do you know who Jimmy Hoffa is? I don't. Uh, it, it's a it was a union leader back in the '70s and early '80s that went missing, and his body's never been found because uh, uh, he knew too much. <laughs> so you telling me that I should leave it up to GL to? Yeah, just, just, just let GL do the let G, go, Grant. Go tell him. Go tell him, Grant. Yeah, um, you tell him, GL. Yeah, uh, I really think there's a spot open for that position, and, and Grant would be perfect for it. Um, you know, just a, a guy that I wish all you guys would get together, and I mean everybody from Barry Karsten to, to Chad Reed to James Stewart, 
chip in a little bit of money, uh, everybody chip in, and, and have a guy, and he that's his job. I'd love to see it happen. Dave Prater on a podcast said he's open for it. He'd like to see it. I don't know if it ever. I don't know if you guys could ever organize enough, but I'd like to see it for sure. Yeah, I I would I would love to see it, but uh, yeah, it's tough. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that it will never ever ever happen in my racing yeah. career. Yeah. Um, Everybody's I'm just got too much stuff going that on. That it will never. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it's gonna ever happen. Um, yeah. I just yeah. don't think that. The sports at that level, I don't think that everyone has the same views. Exactly. Um, there's good and bad things that come along with a small industry, um, and the downside is that it is a small industry, and everyone talks shit on everyone. Um, everyone's just uh, it's it's very corrupt, I think, and uh, very political. And I just don't feel that everyone yeah. can come to a, an agreement on moving forward and bettering. Yeah, the first, Ultimately, I'll, I'll the first time that James Stewart and Chad Reed say, hey, I'm not going to ride unless you change this, some dude behind you is going to be like, I'm riding. Sweet, I'm riding. See, but I think that's where I think you're wrong. I really? think that me and James, I think me and James are on the same level, which is kind of weird because we're kind of quite different people. But right. I think that James and I have the same beliefs in the way the sport should be ran and the way, and the way the sport should no, uh, do things. I'm you know? saying you do. Um, but, but if you guys stood up yeah. together – There'd be some other jerky saying, you know what, I'll ride, I'll take their money, I'll, you know, screw those guys. I'm not standing up behind them. I'm going to ride. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and I, just, and I just feel that, you know, that James and I are obviously smart enough to know <laughs> that, that, that that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And uh, we'll be the two dudes left in the pit area, <laughs> you know, saying F you to these guys, and then yeah. <laughs> we get jacked kind of thing. So, right, exactly. Um, no, I can see that. So. Yeah, I think uh, – I think, you know, maybe when I retire, we could do oh, things God. differently. You're going to be in Australia. We're never going to see you again when you retire. That's my prediction. Yeah. See, but that's the thing. Like, you love Australia. That's my biggest. You love right it. now, is the Australian thing is actually the biggest thing that, that's holding me back. Like, I have some opportunities. Like, mm-hmm. I really want to race a V8 supercar, but I hate their schedule, and I hate the fact that I have to move back to Australia 24-7. Uh, yeah. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I love it here. Right. Um and and I'm not ready to move back. Um, okay. I like I like being here. I love my life that I've Ellie and I have you know got going on here. Um, we enjoy it. So we're not. <laughs> that's that's really the biggest issue here is the fact that we're not ready to move home. JT fits in a suitcase. You could take him. What's that? JT fits in a suitcase. You could take him back to Australia with you. Yeah, I could probably fit him in Tate's little suitcase. <laughs> yeah. <too. laughs> Like a light, we just we just put a heavy sign on it, you know. Yeah. Like he's, he's small and compact, but he's and then you'll heavy. have you'll have the best of America <laughs> and the best of of Australia in Australia with you, JT. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, right on, man. Well, uh, thank you for doing this, and uh, man, if you can pull this off, this 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 could top the uh, outdoor title if you pull this thing off this year. I gotta say, it'll be a, a remarkable story, and I, I wish you will. Yeah, I think uh, uh, you know. I think they have some. Some some fun things surrounding it, you know. I think that uh, I don't think that it's something that everyone's gonna want to do, and and, and I, I don't feel like I'm setting an example that everyone's gonna follow. Um, I think certain people may want to follow it, you know, that they're right. being fortunate. But um, obviously, it is expensive to do it, and and, and you do got to have good people behind you. You know, you're only as good as the people around you to make good decisions. Um, and somebody that you know that I always rooted against 
has probably given me the best advice. Um, you know, Fro, actually, Jeff Emick was, was somebody that I, you know, I didn't know him. I just mm-hmm. chose to be a Jeremy fan, and, and I kind of rooted against it, you know, Fro. Um, but probably the best advice and, and probably one of my biggest fans and, and somebody that I actually respect the most out of all this is, is, uh, is, is Fro. I mean, some of the stuff that he's told me and, and, and all that kind of stuff, like, I just, I'm so, like, I'm proud and I'm thankful for, for Fro. Like, I mm-hmm. think that Fro's a legit good dude and, uh, and I'm bummed that I rooted against him all those years. <laughs> so, um, for, for, for everything that he has told me and everything that he's kind of said to me, um, it, it motivates me to to want to want to do those things that we talked about, and um, I'm excited to try and pull it off. Yeah, like I said, man, as a media guy and as a guy like who loves the sport and the history, this will be a good story if it happens, man. It'll be a good good story you know uh one for the record books, yeah. no doubt about it um yeah no it'd be it'd be cool for the yeah, yeah. thanks man okay all right man well thank you and uh yeah i'll see you uh shortly here at anaheim all right so yes thanks have a good new year thanks thank you bye bye this has been the btosports.com podcast show don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point to where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like being a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course, it did. everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled the pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Mathis on the iTunes Store to find these and many more great podcasts.